Oh. See, we do all of this, all of this, so that we can also give you our faces as well as mm. our... <laughs> I'm not recording on mine. Okay, go. Okay. Welcome to whatever number podcast this is on our How to Stay Married So Far series. We don't know what number it is, do we, Mark? We no. don't mind. Um, it's funny how often when we're setting up these podcasts, we have a little row just before we start. We just had one, didn't we? Mm. We just had a little mini marriage row, which um, after 15 years, you learn to just let go, don't you, babe? Mm. Tell me you love me. I love you. <laughs> so um, today we thought we would talk about couples counselling because... It's something that people are always so fascinated about when I say that Mark and, Mark and I have done it. And we touched on it in, I think, our first episode of this series. And obviously, we will keep going back to it because we really both believe, and I'm going to ask Mark this because maybe I'm just saying we and maybe he doesn't, um, that couple counselling saved our marriage. So um, we will be bringing it up right through this series. So Mark's feeling a bit nervous because Mark usually is uh, very organised when we're filming and has a really good idea of where we're going to go with the chat and a list of questions. And he's been saying to me all morning, I don't know what we're doing with this. What are we doing with this? What are we doing with this? So I thought we would just go really free flow. I've said to him all morning, just trust me. Just trust me. So do you trust me? Yes. Right. So... Couples counselling. We first went to couples counselling just after Mark came out of the Priory. And actually, I think Mark was in a very good place in lots of ways. A much better place, maybe, than I was um, emotionally and mentally. I was really a bit at the end of my tether. I was very frantic. I'd strangely decided to give up smoking whilst Mark was in the Priory, which is the most bizarre time to choose to do it. Um, but there was one thing that was really, really bad, and we've spoken about this before within our relationship as far as I was concerned, and that was Mark's jealousy. And it was really eating into every part of our relationship, and it was so debilitating for me and the way that I was feeling about Mark. And I, I had lost my way in how to even make him understand how terrible it was. So I went to Mark and said, we have to go to couples counselling, otherwise I don't think we're going to make it. Which was a really hard thing to say to you because you'd just gone through all of this mm. with a priory. And whenever we talk about couples counselling, it's always about how I was in this terrible state, you'd been the alcoholic, you'd gone into recovery, your jealousy was terrible, which it was, you would admit yourself. But we've never spoken about where you were at with me. Because I was quite a nutter at that time. I was really overstressed, really anxious. And I was very much the victim within the relationship saying, we, you know, I'd sent you to the priory and now... We were, I was sending us to couples counselling. And how do you actually feel when you look back on it? Because obviously it's going to be retrospectively, so it might have changed. When you look back on it and your memory of me saying, please, can we go to couples counselling? What, what are your thoughts and feelings? What is your memory of that time? Well, I mean, I think, I don't think most men relish the prospect of going to couples counselling. 
I don't think most women do. I don't think anyone does. But I mean, I think, I think, I think more men don't. I think though. more men don't. Yeah. But you would think that having just been into rehab and what have you, that I'd be kind of okay with and okay with you know a bit more analysis and a bit more understanding and a bit more getting real and a bit more kind of you know ch- ch- you know getting all the kind of demons out. I do remember at the time thinking, oh Christ. Not that things were done, because that wasn't the way in which we'd been sort of helped in rehab, but, you know, I felt, I sort of remember thinking, oh Christ, okay, Uh, so another, almost another war to be fought on another front. But that wasn't to say that hindsight productions is a great thing, isn't it? In hindsight, I did have issues with control, paranoia, jealousy, uh, you know, a fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment, a fear of certainly a very real fear which aggravated jealousy and, and a sort of paranoid approach to myself and the relationship was that... And that actually, I, I mean, you, I think you would admit I, that you'd self-medicated with all those feelings with alcohol for years well, and yeah, suddenly you didn't have the alcohol. Precisely, and although I self-medicated with alcohol against all those feelings, alcohol also allowed me to be all the things I didn't feel I could be just normally. Yeah. So I felt I had my sort of avatar removed as soon as alcohol had been taken away. I couldn't pretend to be anything bigger than I was or bolder than I was or mm. braver than I was or more sort of carefree than I yeah. thought I was. This is all perceptions. I'm not saying it was all those things, but I felt fortified yeah. when I was on Because you also had a lot of issues with jealousy when you were drinking. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. But I also did feel infinitely more confident for a long time yeah. with drink. Um, and so, you know, the removal of drink and the removal of any sort of crutch or social, um, you know, lubrication, if you like, to kind of help me get into situations did aggravate my jealousy so when I think when you came to me and you said you've got to we've got to go into couples counselling I, I there wasn't a surprise it it didn't strike me as oh this is ridiculous but I do remember thinking very vividly when we kind of early stages of couples counselling some things that were said to me at the Priory by um, some of the therapists and they said a lot of most relationships after rehab fail I'm anyone who goes in, that in our group anyone who goes yeah. into recovery pretty much it's, it's ludicrous figures I remember someone saying it's like 85% of relationships will, will fail with someone who successfully stays in recovery now, the, do you think I'm, that's wise to say that in well I remember being absolutely heartbroken when I heard that that would have just been devastating for you that might have even made you drink well it was heartbreaking question that yeah I mean well I mean I, I must have been told it at some point in there because I know you know it was a fact that was that was presented I mean, I don't see know I didn't know you were told that we were told that yeah. as the partners, but I didn't know you'd been But then it. what followed up, followed up behind it was the fact that when I sort of said, well, why is that? You know, when we looked into why that was, they said it isn't just about the recovering person being a pain in the arse. You've been told yeah. you're a pain in the arse most of yeah. your life and you have been a pain in the arse with alcohol and drugs in your system. It's not necessarily... And, and there will still be the behavioural tics like jealousy mm. and paranoia mm. that carry over. Um, but they said more often than not, what they find is that the reason relationships falter or, or flounder is that the person who's recovering can't bear that which drew them to the person in the first place because what drew them to the person in the first place was so much of rescuing it, them was so much p- partly tied up with being an alcoholic and being an addict and being rescued and being helped and so they see people for the first time because they're sober absolutely, absolutely. oh my god um and I remember when, so then I remember when you said going into couples counselling, I remember at the time thinking, there was a part of me thinking, okay, well, I don't want to do this, but actually, 
it's an opportunity. I'm, I'm sick of being the whipping boy. That's not. I'm not saying that's what I was, but because mm. of my addictions, it, and because of my behaviour, and because of my attitude, and because of my jealousies, it was very easy to always point the finger at me. Like, you know, I've always been one of those people in all relationships where I blow hot, and, and then I'm sort of, you know, I can be shot down in flames for it. I always put my feelings out. I always reveal my cards. I can never, you know, I've got mm. no poker face. I can't You're lie. not a game player No, at I all. can't play games. I literally can't play games. And when I have played games, I've played them badly. And You're they, really they, rubbish. They're really rubbish <laughs> and they screw up and they blow up in my hands. But, <laughs> but there was a world, there was a weariness that we were, because it wasn't like six months after rehab, rehab we went into, th- you know, we tried, it was a good year, year and a half, and then we tried a bit, you know. Was it? Yeah, was it a year after? Yeah, yeah, no, it was a while. And I remember thinking... Actually, I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm not happy with the way this relationship's going. Yeah. I'm not happy with, okay, I'm not happy with how I am in this, but maybe with a neutral arbiter, and this is what I would say to a lot of men who perhaps, you know, I'm not speaking as a man, who would be resistant to the idea, it is a genuinely safe place. If, you're de- if you've got anyone who's a qualified, you know, recognised by the, I don't know, what would it be, the psychotherapist association or whatever, I mean, you, you, you know... You know, get them checked, get them vetted, check with the NHS, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. um, there's some bad ones. Or recommended, you know. So my rehab centre recommended certain people. Um, it is a safe place. You know, there isn't going to be someone there looking to, you know, if your worst behaviour is jealousy, they're not just going to sit there and say, you're a jealous no. bastard. They're actually going to look at you and go, well, let's understand where it's coming from. And they'll try and help better and help your partner better understand where it's coming from and then see ways of rationalising it. So I saw it as an, you know, initially I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. And then I saw it as an opportunity. Right. So here's a question that I don't know if we asked at the time because I don't remember. But so I... If I were asked what was the main How reason... How dark has that gone, by the way? It's fine. Ha- what was the main reason... Um, so, sorry. So if I were asked what was the main reason that you wanted to go to couples counselling, I would say I wanted a better relationship and I wanted to find a way to communicate to Mark just how awful the jealousy was making me feel because I knew if he could really understand mm. and because he loved me he would stop doing it and, mm. and we'd broken down and it was just I was just hating you for it what was the thing that you wanted me to communicate to me can you remember what was it about me that at that time was leaving you unhappy because like you say it's never just one way street is it? Um, I think it was controlling I think it was about control issues and I think well, what I, I, my control issues yeah 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 and I, but I don't say that in a sort of really sort of happily you were controlling too sort of way. There's no satisfaction in that because I think controlling can come in all manner of forms. And I think that your control was one born of, through your own personal experience and through your own issues, you know, a desire to help and it's through a desire to make better and a desire to rescue. So know. in what way controlling? Well, you know, I didn't... I didn't feel... I was always as ill as you made out, made me out to be. I didn't feel as... You were. Dysfun- <laughs> well, no, but I, di- I didn't feel... But that doesn't mean I didn't have my faults, but you were. You no, were. no, 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 I was ill. But what I'm saying is I was getting frustrated that I wasn't feeling like I could have a genuine emotional response well. to anything yeah. Yeah. other than it being passed well, through the lens of alcoholism. Jealousy, paranoia. So it goes back to this. Hold on. It goes back to this idea that you know there were occasions where you would behave in a way that was standoffish and this, that, and the yeah. other. And I would pick up on something, and I yeah. felt like you were. It was a bit of fanny by gaslight where I was being told I was mad, and I'm thinking, well, no, but I'm picking up on something. And so a lack of communication was creeping in because 
you know, that's what yeah. happens, isn't it? Most, most I think that's a really good point, and I think that is the nub of couples counselling, that you can get so enmeshed mm. in what the pain was or what the slight was or what the injury was, and then it bleeds into everything. Mm. And, I mean, I was desperately, as you were, wanting everything to be all right, but there were so many triggers so that, yes, you know, there probably were situations where you weren't being jealous or you weren't being... But I was so protective of, of, of everything and maybe my own paranoia mm. that I was like, I, I can't take any more, so mm. this is it and this is it. I'm pointing the finger on everything. And I think, yeah, I think it is true. I think that it must be a really hard thing for somebody that's in recovery for everything not to be attributed that you're in recovery. Like if somebody's got cancer or if somebody's mm. got depression or if somebody's got a label of any kind then it's really hard to get away from it I mean, I remember and that's what couples counsellors help you do they help you see the person mm. again in a different light i do remember talking to someone who's very close to us who'd been through the priory too and, and, and saying you know we both shared that that they felt in their own situation with their family that they were only becoming understood in terms of almost down to microscopically how you came down in the morning, what mood you were in at breakfast, how you dealt with situations, what you did with those situations, why you went from A to B in the way that you did, were all, become, were all potentially understood in terms of, is he having a bad alcoholic day? Is he thinking alcoholically? Is he, is he a white knuckling? Has he been to enough AA meetings? Because, or, because, you know, because in anyone that's, that's a partner of an alcoholic or an addict or something, the trauma is oh, deep. It's deep and it's... And it's really really it's so complicated yeah. the trauma of 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 an alcoholic living with them and then them getting yeah. sober but you so monumentally got sober you were so brilliant at what you did and you were so committed and you've stayed sober for years and years and years and I didn't know because you'd been in somewhere for 28 days no, of course. and I hadn't and I was just like I was just reeling mm. and I had Maddie and I was just so worried mm. about everything and I didn't know whether I could feel the love again and all that stuff so I was in a state of probably very controlling behavior actually mm. and probably Fierce. trauma Fierce. and huge amounts of fear and mm. overprotective of right. my own self. But again, I would say that that's the, that's the real, real importance and significance of uh, couples counselling is that you, you, you know, I do think we fall in modern day life into the dangers of thinking we can genuinely think what other people are thinking and we just can't. You we know, can't. With all the will in the world, you can, you, can, you know... I was Don't write someone else's story. No, you can't. And I was listening to something the other day where someone was actually questioning the merits or the, the, the accuracy of whether people can actually be empathetic and I kind of got what they meant. It was like, well, I could only be certain of what I was feeling and in a weird mm. way, I needed to just take stock of what I was certain of because trying to second-guess you. Likewise with you, mm. what I felt was coming at me was you were defining me only in really limited terms, but you were just trying to orientate yourself. So, of course, a couple's counsellor sits in the middle of this and is really an arbiter of when things get so heated. He, he's, he's, he's a little bit like someone panning for gold, and when he finds that gold, the gold is actually conflict, and he homes in on that conflict, yeah. no, well and he put. starts to sort of feel the fish, you know, the sort of the fission. If it is that fission, you know, fission. that chemical response oh. between um, between two molecules, and he he'd see the heat. And you know, I often think of our couples counselling as those 
you know when they do those heat cameras over kind of cities yeah. and you can see oh that's where the person is because yeah. they're under a yeah. I sometimes sort of think if you put that over our room you would see the heat yeah. would increase and a good couples counsellor would, would know to extrapolate the two of you and what he often used to do was sit us only within our own truths yeah. And we would literally pass through him. Whereas when you're a couple... You just go... You go at each other. Straight at conflict because you're protecting yeah. yourself. And I think the thing is, because, you know, all of these things happen in a relationship, even if one of your... One of the... One of the uh, couple isn't an alcoholic. It's change, isn't it? So for me, you'd come out of the priory and our whole dynamic had to change. Mm. Because... We drank a lot together. Absolutely. I think if you think of all the different situations where there's huge change in a relationship, so for, for us, it would be the priory. Having a child, huge change. How do you readjust yourself? A death. Often people, when there's a death in the family, mm. Mm. They, their marriage doesn't survive. Job loss. Uh, job loss. Um, career change. Career change. All these things, these big things, big things where it demands us to shift... Mm. And we act and respond to each other in a different way are enormously challenging in a marriage, and they are all the weak points where it can just collapse. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think, and that's why I think couples counselling is, oh God, if only everybody could be given it, if only there was money out there in the world mm. so that everybody could be given it, there would be so, there'd be half the amount of I divorce. Mean, there are organisations like Relate. I mean, I do yeah, remember, there is... without going into the details of it, I do remember going to Relate in a previous relationship. and. You know, again, it's a little bit like I always say about people who stop drinking or go into rehab. There has to be on a fundamental core, spiritual, in your soul level, a desire to stop and want to get better. If you've got any sort of sense of, and I fight this all the time, of, oh, I just want to let rip, oh, I just want to let loose. Well, okay, let rip, let loose means disrespect your family, trash on your loyalties, da-da-da-da. So you've got to judge that. What's the judgment call here? No, I'm not willing. I can, I can go without letting rip and being mm. called for a day because that's much more important. A little bit like going into re- rehab where you need to know that you want to give up. I think if you go into couples counselling, it's pointless going into couples counselling wanting to win an argument. Oh, yeah, because people often say that to me. I know I'm going to go in and they're going to agree with me. But we all do that a bit. But no, you no, get, no. It, when you no. get in there, you realise it doesn't work but like in, that. But in a weird way, I had a, real, a really, really keen sense of that from, from being in rehab. So I was lucky. They call it like microwave recovery. They sort of... Like that. But I, I, So I had to say, you know, you're not going there to... I didn't feel like I had to go there to win an argument, but I did feel like it was going to be an opportunity for me to air how I felt without it being seen through solely the lens of alcoholism and just just blind jealousy and control issues and all that kind of stuff. Well, you wanted me to see you. Precisely. And I wanted you to see me. Exactly. And not just look past each other. But I think that's an important thing to say, because I think Mm. a lot of people go into... A lot of people think that uh, relationship counselling is all about supporting their line of attack, their line of defence. I'm going to be proved right! Absolutely. Well, you're going to fall foul. Don't expect that, because that won't what happens and you might decide when you go in there I'm just looking at the light here Mark is going to be so cross about this film because the light keeps coming in and coming out but you forgive us don't you you know this isn't you, a movie can you see your face oh you see my face yeah, yeah that's fine. but you're not going to be happy with the light I just hate the sun but it's online we can get away with it as long as and I TV we'd have to start all over again but we never want to start over mm. again we always want to do this as real as time so go back to your question you were just asking so the question was, oh, blimey, what was we the should question? check. Do we need to check back in? Yeah. So I would suggest to you 
that I think at some point this year we should check in, we should have a couple of sessions with the couples counsellor. What would mm. you think about that? That immediately makes, I've got anxiety in my chest and <laughs> breaking out in hives. I'm thinking, oh, Why? Christ. Uh, we just said all that positive stuff. Why? Because it's the, it's the nervousness of, of sitting down and going there. I mean, I, you know, I find... Isn't that funny though, Mark? Because I just said you're in a really good place in our relationship. And this, because you don't always have to go to a couple's counsellor because you're just about to divorce. But about, it's like everything in life. It's quite good to just oh, go, okay, no, okay, I, okay, let's just move I don't a little disagree with it as an idea. I think it's an incredibly sound idea and it's very sensible. I mean, I suppose... I we suppose, could do it as a podcast. I suppose the reason I'm slightly hesitant and anxious about it is that I can't lie. So if I was asked how I'm feeling, I would probably bring up stuff and I wouldn't want to hurt you, I wouldn't want to upset you. You I know, can't hurt me. I know that you're, you, know, you are going through challenges. There are things that have shifted in our relationship, and I'm sure this is a whole podcast in itself, which is, you know, without... And I, I did kind of find the word menopausal is almost becoming a sort of catch-all for sort of just characterising women as something. But I do think with change, and I think there's... Well, well, well be careful there, because, yes, it can be used in a derogatory way, but also... It, it, you do change. No, no. You just literally... No, but also, I mean, I have literally changed. I agree, but I'd also be... I mean, bearing in mind that we have something like 3% male viewers, um, I'm also mindful of the fact that I'm feeling huge changes in myself yeah. from a... There's know, male menopause. Yeah, and I don't mean just hormonally, and I'm not trying to kind of crash in on a sort of female arena but around I've been thinking you know like around parenting and around the sense of loss of children as they grow up and men feel about feel things about those things differently especially a father of daughters well I think that is a whole podcast no 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 it is I think we should do that but going back but going back into you know going into 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 couples counselling there would be some things that I'd flag up and I'd be very concerned about and things that I see in your behaviour and your stress why would you be concerned because I think we absolutely need to go if there's stuff that you're keeping that you're very concerned about... No, no, I don't mean that like, oh, God, I'm not saying I'm concerned, you, you need help. I'm not saying it like that. I worry about you like you worry about me and that you know, you know when I'm struggling with certain things, I know when you're struggling. You're an incredibly forthright, strong, capable and, and incredibly good actress performer. And I, ha- I spend a great deal of my time trying to... It makes me feel a bit tearful, actually. I spend a great deal of my time trying to... Maybe do more detective work than I need to do to work out who is the person you're presenting to the world as a performance and who is the person who's needing help, needing your hand held, need, needing, needing support, needing to let rip, needing to let go. And so, yeah, so I suppose... But the... I think we chose each other for a reason. We chose each other because I was... I chose you because you needed rescuing and you chose me because I was a rescuer. And really, to switch switch those roles are very difficult. So, I, I, I mean, something that I would bring up in couples counselling is, I really worry about being vulnerable with you because that's not who we are. Hmm. So I, I can't. I feel like I always have to be full on, and I have to be just okay, and I have to be. Um, you know, I can't, I feel like, I can't say I'm anxious or I've got, or I feel depressed or if I feel, I don't feel like there's room for me to do that, mm. to say that. That's not me, by the way. That's the, the dog. dog. <laughs> that really rude. It awful. For those on a podcast, <laughs> there wasn't anything weird going on yeah. there. For uh, those on YouTube, <laughs> you can see we're both here. Lift up your hands, Mark. That, that is a... 
<laughs> I think that's the perfect the, uh, point. To cut. To cut. And obviously, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg again, so we will be coming t- back to this. The and tip I think... of which iceberg? <laughs> and we were... Yeah, I think we should do couples counselling. Okay. What do you think? Maybe. You've got stuff that you don't want to say, I've got stuff I don't want to say. Okay. Maybe we could bring a counsellor here to do a podcast Oh, my us. God, live couples counselling. That would be freaking difficult, I think that's a it? bit much. Yeah. No. Mm. <laughs> Scratch that thought. I know. I've got a twig coming out of my head. If you're watching on YouTube, can uh, you remember to hit the subscribe button? Your hair looks really nice, David. Subscribe. Subscribe button and the notification bell because we do do lives and that's the only way you'll be told that we're doing a live. Yeah. Please, if you're enjoying our podcast, please share with your friends. Mm. Bye. Bye. If you've never visited our YouTube channel, Nadia Sawala and Family, head on over there. We've got some amazing videos. We do all sorts of things. Trailer reviews, movie reviews, uh, our home ed journey and our new series, all about what utterly crap gardeners we are. See you there. And don't forget, remember to hit the subscribe button.